So tonight, for this All Hallows Read, I thought it might be fun to read a story. Old style. No special effects. No flashes of lightning. Just the words, my voice, your ears, and your imagination. How does that sound? As long as it's a scary story. Well, it wouldn't be much of a Halloween story if it wasn't at least a little bit scary, Victoria. What you got over there? It's my goodies from Trick and Treat. You mean trick or treat? No. What kind of fun would that be? Well, you get the candy. Right. Then I play a trick on the person who gave it to me. That's not very nice. You're only supposed to trick the ones that don't give you a treat. I only scare them a little. Except if they don't give me candy, then I scare them a lot. I still don't think it's very nice. So what did you get? Anything good? I got marrow cups, pieces of Reese, a roll of life takers, a few buttered fingers, and loads of Nettles crush bars. It's all sixes and sevens, really. I'm glad I'm too old for trick-or-treating. Tell me a story, please. Okay, here we go. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, lived a giant, a mouse, and two chimps I know that story. Oh yeah, that's right. Besides, it's not scary. Well, the part with the fire-breathing canaries and the mice with machetes is... Not much. Well, all right. Let's try this one instead. On an evening much like tonight, a traveler was on his way home. It had been a long journey and many months since he had seen his family, but it was nearly over. He was cold, but his coat was warm, so he didn't mind. He was tired from walking, but his shoes were good, so he didn't mind. It was dark, but he had his lantern, so he didn't mind. The moon was a great ball of pale silver high in the sky, but he saw it rarely as he walked along that night, for great masses of dark, sinuous clouds writhed and twisted over its surface, encircling and engulfing it. Other than the movements of the clouds high above, the night was very still and very quiet. For the last several miles, the traveler's only companion was the sound of his own footfalls, the jingle of his coin purse, and the steady rhythm of his breath as he trudged along. He felt very alone, but for the last mile or so, he had started to feel as if someone was watching him from not far off. He glanced over his shoulder for what was the third time in the last half hour. As he had the last two times, he was sure he caught a flash of motion off to the side of the road. He turned, as he had the other two times, held his lantern high above his head, then peered off into the night. His eyes searched the road behind him and the tall grass to either side. He held his breath and listened. Hello? His voice was at first a hoarse whisper, but he cleared his throat and tried again. I... Hello there. Is there someone there? His voice sounded a little better to his ears, but it still had a quiver in it that he didn't care for. The traveler turned slowly from side to side, casting the light from his lantern into the darkness and looking for some sign that someone waited unseen. See here now, he said. I have a dagger, and I'm not afraid to draw it if I must. Silence met his challenge. But it was a silence pregnant with what felt very much like... Amusement? Is that what he felt coming from the darkness? Not quite, but something very much like it. Derision, perhaps. He shook his head at his own silliness and turned around. 
There was nothing there, so there was no one to be amused, and he was being a fool. How many times had he told his own daughter that there were no goblins in the closet, the tree outside her window was just a tree, and nothing lurked under her bed waiting to carry her off to fairyland, or anywhere else for that matter? He started walking again, grumbling to himself, but still unable to shake the feeling that someone or something was out there behind him and had been for a while now. He knew he should have stopped for the night in the last town when the sun snuggled down into the great blue mountains, but instead he had only stopped to take a quick meal and warm himself by the fire before heading out again. The barman had told him that they had comfortable beds for rent for only three copper coins, and it came with a bowl of porridge and meat for breakfast. A tempting author, the traveler had told the large man in the greasy apron. I'm not far from home now, and if I walk on, I should find myself at my own doorstep by the time the sun is fresh and pink on the horizon. I'm sure your porridge is hearty, but I'll wager it can't hold a candle to my wife's cooking. The barman had laughed and clapped him on the shoulder. I'm sure that's true enough, friend, but there are brigands and cutthroats on the roads on nights such as these, and they'll be looking for more than three coppers of your hard-earned coin. They might just look to take your life while they're at it. The last he punctuated by drawing a knobby finger across his throat. The traveler had nodded and thanked the barman for his concern, but quickly paid for his meal, grabbed his coat and travel pack, and headed for the door. The barman was a stout man, but he moved fast for one so large. He had caught the traveler just as he was slinging his pack over his shoulders. He grabbed his arm tight and looked down at him urgently. He lowered his voice to something just above a whisper. There are other things out there too, friend. Things I'll not speak of for fear of bringing them here. But you'd be safer to buy a bed and head out in the morning fresh. At the time, this had irritated the traveler, and he was firm in his rebuke. I'll thank you to take your hands from me, sir. I gave up my fear of ghouls and ogres along with my hoop and stick. I'm always surprised when I run across a man such as yourself who still clings to these foolish ideas. The barman had released him and returned to his work but he had glared at the man until he finished securing his pack and walked out the door. Now, as he felt the tingling at the back of his neck once again, the man's coin purse felt exactly three coppers too heavy. He was about to turn again, but stopped when he heard the footsteps. He wanted to turn and look immediately, but perhaps that wasn't the best idea. If he turned now, they would know he could hear them. He wasn't sure why that mattered, but... All of a sudden, it seemed like the most logical thing in the world. Turning to face whatever loomed in the darkness was the last thing he wanted to do. Instead, he began to whistle a tune he knew well from his boyhood. The song was merry and bright, and the sound of it actually unnerved him further. The sound of the whistling drowned out the footsteps, and he feigned a sneeze and made a show of digging for his handkerchief to give him an excuse to stop and listen. The footsteps kept coming and there were at least two sets of them maybe three he put the handkerchief back into his pocket and started to whistle where he left off he began walking again but his steps were faster and his strides less weary he felt the first tinges of panic and his hand was shaking as he felt for the hilt of his dagger the footsteps from behind were closer and louder now his whistle could no longer drown them out They came faster now, too. The traveler's mind felt jumbled and foggy, and he tried to think of what he should do. Whoever, whatever, they were back there, hadn't called out a hello yet. 
This was strange and made his hand tremble even more as he tightened his grip around his weapon. He had nowhere to go, and they outnumbered him. He couldn't run off into the high grass. It wasn't high enough to hide him, and they were too close now. They'd find him almost immediately. He quickened his pace again and followed the road as it curved around a large hill to the right. When he saw the edge of the dim woods ahead, he only hesitated a moment before breaking into a run. He was gulping air and deep gasps when he reached the first ancient oak. He slowed to a jog, then a walk. The people, things, were still behind him. The road forked here. The left fork went on through the rolling hills and curved well away from the dark wood. The right narrowed and twisted deep into the trees. Trees so tall and so dense that even in the daylight, it never got brighter than dim. Most people avoided it, so the road had become overgrown and tangled. Despite the traveler's statements of the barman earlier that night, and was that today? Just a few hours ago, it felt like much more time had passed. Despite those statements, he was not eager to enter this forest. He could feel it waiting, watching. The footsteps were approaching now, coming fast, and he could hear the men, creatures, breathing. He closed his eyes, took a deep breath, and stepped into the trees. He adjusted his lantern and walked briskly along the narrowing roadway. Up ahead, it curved and narrowed further, becoming barely wide enough for a small cart, but it was more than wide enough for him. The footsteps stopped at the edge of the forest as he thought they would. He knew it was a trick of the flickering flame in his lantern, but the trees seemed to spread out ahead of him and close back together behind him as he walked along. He knew he should be afraid. He knew he should turn around and head back. The half-form idea that he had been herded here occurred to him, occurred to him for a moment. But that part of his mind was muffled and dim. The further he walked, the dimmer his mind became, and the better he felt. It was comforting here. It felt good. He was safe here in the trees. Safe because they were all around him. It was dark and close and quiet here. Dark and safe. He wasn't sure why he did it. There was a distant part of himself, a tiny voice shouting for him not to do it. But he did it anyway because he felt safe. He brought the lantern closer and turned the knob and the light went out. Happy Halloween. You've been listening to the Ninth Story Podcast, a hicks and fabulous production.